0: Welcome, everyone, to this edition of the Not So Common Podcast. I'm Pat Contry. Returning is Super Collector, the Immortal John Hancock. Welcome back, John. It's been about ten months since I've spoken to you.
1: It has, and it's always a pleasure being on your your wonderful show. And wonderful. There, there's not a There's not a <laughs> hammer in the background this this time. So
0: was there a, Was there a <laughs> last time? That's right. When your your game room was getting done. Wow, that was back yes. in what July of last year? Something yes. like that. Yeah. So you've done an, have you done an updated uh, I guess game room tour since the completion of the new game room?
1: I have. I have done a you know, I do a lot of my video shooting in there because it's it's uh it's inside. <laughs> and and uh yeah. And so yeah, I've done an update. I've kinda of on my main channel I have a I have a a room tour. It's a small room, but it's got all my classics, uh pre crash games in there.
0: Do you need like a, the Dewey Decimal system to find the games in the certain aisles? Do you... <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. No, it's not like Raiders of the Lost Ark either, where you know you put a box in, box along the hallway and it just disappears. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's been a it's been a strange year in terms of retro gaming. There's been so much that's been announced and so much even the past few months. Um, NES Classics returning, even though Nintendo told us that last year. Now they officially, I guess, pre announced it again for the end of May. It'll be back in stores, which is good news. Um, we have Atari, trying again with the Atari box. There's just so much to hit upon. What is, uh we, we can get to, what's been the, I guess, the one or two moments the past year that surprised you the most that, that's come about?
1: Uh, surprise, in not so great way. The I guess Nintendo Labo was kind of out of nowhere. And when they announced that, I just was like, what are you doing? It's, uh- it's kind of like, it's kind of like you, you have a really cool movie. And then, and then the follow-up is just not what anybody ever wanted.
0: <laughs> I was surprised that, I was surprised you took that uh, approach to. I did see you're taking that. you were not, you were not a fan of that, and I, I at no. the time only saw a lot of positives, especially you're an educator. I thought that you would have saw the, the benefits of it being used for STEM and for kids to learn how things are made and maybe get into engineering in a way, as sort of a gateway tool. And you didn't see that at the time.
1: You know, I, I guess for me I, I work at a title school, no offense, but you know, a lot of my kids that I work with wouldn't be able to probably do it. Okay. You know, this is I think I think this is really marketed it was really marketed towards younger adults. And and I don't see I see kids needing help building it and I think that <clears throat> I think that it's it's too complicated for kids to do on their own. And then what do you do when you're done building it? Like and I live in Washington, so it's like rains everywhere. So where are you going to store this? Where are you going to put it? Like I, I really don't like it.
0: <laughs> would, would, would there have been a scenario if maybe if there were, maybe there were smaller pieces that you would think okay this is something more handy? I look at it just as sort of a like a, I, I guess a more complex form of Legos where you could you could do what's designed to, for the product to do out of the box or you can just tinker with yourself and just sort of figure things out and go off on your own creation if if you have the aptitude to do that i, I think it's going to it's going to rely on you know obviously how old you are how much help you have and i guess the the children's interested in after a while
1: yeah i just uh i i just kind of saw it as a, a real kind of a disposable gimmick i think it, it did some cool things but uh, everything from the price to—I just kind of saw it for what it was. It—it it was uh, some unfinished games smashed together with some cardboard that's disposable. That either collectors are not going to play at all and keep in a sealed box, or, or people are going to mess with it once and then and then like lose parts, and well, it's just going to go away.
0: So, so okay, so you're taking a very uh, bearish look at Nintendo Labo. I'm, I'm I'm more bullish on it. I think it could be a yeah. nice nice sort of gateway tool for kids to learn about science potentially. Yeah. we don't know we don't know what other developers are going to get in there and do their own sort of version of it. I think I think it's at the very least it opened up the switch to a whole avenue of educational tools and products that I don't think anyone conceived of before. And that was Nintendo. I, I think Nintendo credit at least for for looking at that because it's not something any other at the time we said this is something that Sony or Microsoft would never even think of even attempting to do,
1: at all. I yeah, I guess I guess it's it's important to know where where I work. So I work at a title school that has very little technology in my whole school. Like we're uh, we have computers, but I have five computers per twenty kids in my class, and so you know for me. Like, the whole, like, science, you know, thing. Like, I don't think of putting Nintendo Switches in schools. And so, like, I just come from a very different perspective on, like, you know, I could take... We could take that money and and actually get, like, a, you know, a Chrome laptop, <laughs> you know? Sure. And it would benefit our kids, you know, 10, 20 times more than a variety kit. So, so I guess that... Yeah, that's just... That's just... I mean, yes, I'm very... I, I guess, I, guess I, I see what Nintendo is trying to do with it, but... At the end of the day, it doesn't. It doesn't. I don't think it. It does what they think it does.
0: You, th- you think that there's still like a wide gap between the type of people they envision using it and the type of people or kids that actually end up using it.
1: Well, I think maybe in more. Um, oh, how can I say this? I would say maybe some schools in Seattle, or maybe some schools with you know that had some money, where you know parents could bring their switch in and work with the teachers and. And uh, do some STEM learning, I guess that way. But I don't see an average school even considering this.
0: Well, what if you? What if you're a parent that, say, you're leaning towards a switch or have one, and, and you think this could be a good way to connect with your child in order to learn, put something together, build a piano, do the fishing rod, you know, do do the little robot, and at the, at the time the, the child can learn how this actually works, what technology is going into that. You, you don't see there could be a benefit to that, at least.
1: I think there could be a benefit, and I think it would take a really special person to do that because most parents—and this is just from my own experience—when they find out that the robot takes six hours to build, they're going to say, "Screw that! I'm not going to do that with my kid." You, th- you think so? <laughs> You're not giving the oh, parents yeah. enough credit. No, I don't. I don't think no, because we deal with it at our school, where the parent is like, you know, they want their kids to know technology, but they don't want to have to learn it themselves. Is that kind of a shame? Uh, I think it's real life. I think it, I think it is a shame, and I and I I'm all for science and STEM learning, you know, but I just I think there's a disparity between what what Nintendo wanted to happen with this and and the reality of the matter, and so I just I mean my local Walmart has them stacked. I mean, they're just they're just
0: sitting there. Well, they're cheap yeah. to produce because it's just cardboard, yeah. and oh, yeah. people forget that, that when people talk about the price tag, you're also getting it's not just that you're also getting yeah. the you know the educational software with it and the mini yes. games. It's not like okay, oh, you're getting two dollars worth of cardboard. It's like no, that's really not it. Plus, there's de- design, and, you know, development that went into making this as well. The R and D, it's I, all that.
1: Yeah, I just I just was not a fan. I saw it, and I just – you know, it's funny because I am a second-grade teacher, but it's too hard for my second-grade class for the most part, and I just have no desire to mess with it.
0: Maybe maybe I think it's uh, – I don't know. Maybe it's like fourth graders, and it's like 9, 10. Once you get that, it's it's more accessible. Yeah, um, maybe. Maybe it's that. So maybe it's yeah. a little bit beyond – Like yeah, uh, obviously a four- or five-year-old that can barely read enough in order to follow the instructions and get yeah. into it. I, I look at it myself when I was four or five – um, yeah, I couldn't do advanced, even Lego stuff at 4 or 5. But yeah, once I got to like 8 or 9, I was okay. But not, not at 4 or 5, I couldn't do that stuff. It, it took a few years to get into it. So You
1: see the Honest trailers on it?
0: No, I didn't see that. No. <laughs> I did not see that. That's
1: exactly that. how I feel.
0: <laughs> well, I think so, it's going yeah. to sell okay. And I think, like I said, I, it really depends if Nintendo sticks with it, if they put out other supplemental packs. you know, I, I don't see why they wouldn't if it sells well um i think the big thing will be this holiday season we'll see what happens i mean we're so early into the year uh you know this is still remember this is only we're only we'd start up year two of switch it seems Here, like it's been out longer
1: here's my honest take on it and i know, you oh, know you, you've been people, honest oh <laughs> well, yeah well the pitchforks and eyes, of switch fanboys they can't see anything <laughs> negative about the about the console you know i love my nintendo switch and it has its purpose and it's good but it's not the second coming of christ i'm sorry Wow, and It's got some problems. It, got, it has some problems. And so I think the, sweat, the Labo was a gimmick and people talked about it and it kind of checked April off for Nintendo saying, okay, we don't have to do anything for that month until we get other games out that they're rushing to get out and they don't have to, they just, you know, April's done and now they can talk about May. So
0: you think that was it? you think like this is the generation or the power pad because the power pad was always going to be a short term product. They just needed to fill that holiday season up, have something to talk about, you know,
1: yeah, and nobody else is going to duplicate it so they can they can have that educational they the educational game is checked off, and if it doesn 't <laughs> sell then they don 't have to do it again, and nobody 's going to duplicate that and I think it's you know it was a it was a it was a conservative gamble and they can move on if it doesn't sell.
0: All right, we have the slightly cynical take on the Nintendo
1: Labo <laughs> <laughs> from John Hancock. Uh,
0: that that and fair enough. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll see how it plays out later this year. If we'll see if there'll be supplemental packs or not, or we'll see if it crashes and burns. Like like yeah, the, did we what, trade?
1: Did we trade places? Or something? Uh, yeah, oh, I'm you're like.
0: saying, <laughs> Maybe it'll be hey the but the Wii Fit sold tons of them and the people I, I knew people that used that Wii Fit for a good six seven months before they got rid of it maybe
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, i think nintendo could especially with the motion controls they haven't even and it sounds to me like there's some recent news about some potential wii games coming to the switch or they're looking at that you know they have the motion controls built in so i i want a wii sports honestly between you know i would totally get a wii sports for the switch again because it was fun
0: well well one two switches was sort of like Their version of like the Wii Play game, I guess, where you learn Mm -hmm. how to use the console and it's fun. It's a fun little set of mini games. I always thought that it should have been maybe not a packing game, but a budget title like 30 bucks. Then send it because then everyone would have bought it that bought a Switch. Absolutely everyone would have bought it, but not a full price game for one, two, Switch. That was always my problem with that game. They should have said. We're going to price this low enough that it's going to have like a eighty percent attach rate to the system. Like everyone would have bought Breath of the Wild and One Two Switch. Now you don't hear a One Two Switch at all, unfortunately. Yeah. After, after also that. known
1: as. One two buckle my shoe.
0: One two buckle so. my. Shoe. <laughs> is that one of the games on that? Oh, no, I don't even know. No, I just,
1: I <laughs> it just it just is like my name for it because it was so silly. One, you, you have to like hold a baby and it doesn't, the baby can't wake up. It, <laughs> like there's just some silliness with that game.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, I guess it's a, a a more, I guess, less crazy like a uh, warrior aware sort of game to get people into the system. Yeah. 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 Which by the way, I can't wait for the for the. Switch version of a WarioWare game. It's going to be nuts. Um, oh, I, yeah. I love those games. Yeah. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you, are you sad about the, I'm guessing you're sad. We all are about the, looks like the likely end of Toys R Us, at least how we know it to be at this point. Oh, that-
1: yeah. I have, I have some great memories of Toys R Us. Uh, and my, actually, ironically, my first Toys R Us that I visited was in Los Angeles. And so um I, in California, I, I was a kid, and I didn't have a lot of toy stores around me, and I went to visit an aunt, and she said, you can buy any toy in the store, and I kind of freaked out because I've never been asked that before, and I saw this entire store with toys, and I got a Dinobot. I got Slag the Dinobot.
0: I had Slag. We, he was the, the, the Stegosaurus, right? Yes, that's I right. had him, too. He's one of the couple. I had him, and I had the T-Rex.
1: Oh, wait. Slag was the Triceratops.
0: Oh no! Wait, wait, hold on. Which one? No, I had the Triceratops. I did have him. I had the Triceratops. Yeah. I'm sorry. I had the Triceratops, yep. and I had the T Rex.
1: That's
0: right. So, so you got so you you have the fond memories of picking that up and walking the aisles, obviously. Um,
1: yeah, yes. Getting Sega CD games and Turbo Graphics back in Redding, California. I got many, many of my games for those 16-bit era. Um, Games consoles. We were from lucky. Toys R Us. My yeah, toy, yeah. my
0: Toys R Us had Turbo games too. Like we're we're the lucky ones. We're in the minority when it comes to that. You know, uh, not every Toys R Us had them, obviously. And uh, I don't actually remember buying. I only had a handful of Turbo games. But I do remember seeing the. I, I, I would wish the kiosk. Someone still had the kiosk with them playing on the TV. Like the oh, introduction. Yeah. You, you can find the video on YouTube. Like, welcome to the TurboGraphic 16. You know, you know, you know run through yeah. like twenty or thirty games.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's you know, my Toys R Us had links, had TurboGrafx, had Sega C D. Um, you know, it had all the all the classics, and you know, as a Lynx owner, that was one of the only places you could go for games. And so you know, going into Toys R Us and looking at the sorry selection of Lynx games and praying <laughs> to the game gods that more games would come, which <laughs> did, which never happened, so...
0: You got, you got that nice version of Gauntlet, at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been trying to beef up my, my small Lynx collection just because, you know, for a lot of those Atari arcade games from the mid-80s that were fantastic, those were the, either the only or best ports of some of those games. It's the only yeah. console port I know of APB, for example. You know, so... If you wanted to play a, a good version of it, that's that's find an arcade somewhere, or you know, or I guess download Mame and get the ROM, or you get the links. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, like I mentioned, like the Gauntlet uh, version, uh, even games like uh, what's the other one I, I just uh, was looking at the other day? Um, Rygar Arcade. Oh yeah, Rygar Arcade. Um, yeah. Is is it Ninja Gaiden? Ninja
1: Gaiden. Ninja is, Gaiden the arcade. Yes, version? that's right. Ninja yes. Gaiden
0: arcade and, and Ninja Gaiden three uh, is on there as well. Correct. It's both of them. Yes which yes. is which is always weird to me how they would go from the arcade in the 3. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so the Lynx is a nice little system for games like that that for some reason never bothered to come out. I have not play, played Rampart on that system, but I'm sure it's a great almost probably yes. near perfect arcade port from from based upon the other games or close to it, you know. Um so, yeah, I think it's a cool little system to, for, for a little Atari handheld because of that. You know.
1: I, ironically enough, uh, a good friend of mine who's a big fan of it, he kind of commented that it's actually With Atari collectors, kind of like this, this kind of like abandoned land because it's it's not really considered a console and it's not really a computer, and so both kind of pools of Atari fans kind of don't look at it seriously, and that actually gets less attention than like Atari fifty two hundred even. But it's awesome. I mean, for what it what it offers is awesome, but it's just it's it's really it's really kind of the black sheep of Atari collecting.
0: That's, that's that's a shame. That's really a shame because there was a time where people were sort of interested and there was buzz when it first came out. They had a good marketing campaign and it just just sort of fell by the wayside probably because again, if it's mostly Atari games on there, you know, most people would be like, "Eh, well, where's 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 Mega Man?" you know, <laughs> where, <laughs> where are those games? Yeah. But that happened with yeah. the TurboGrafx as well. There was buzz for the first year and after that no one cared. That's you know, right. because they didn't have the support you know, give me the system that has Street Fighter Two on it. Oh, it's not on this then? Okay, I guess I'll just get Super Nintendo or Genesis, and that happens. It's like, where, where's the software at? You know, we need to draw the games first.
1: Yeah, and, and yeah, and have to say that our, our Turbo artwork sucked. Oh, it was, it was atrocious. PC Engine, just terrible. I mean, they got it. Looks like some of the artwork looks like an eighth grader drew it.
0: Dungeon Explorer, like yeah, literally like someone in fifth grade. Dungeon yes. Explorer, it looks terrible. Uh, Bomberman's terrible. Yes. Even even the stuff for, like, Bonk wasn't that great. It was no. okay. Yeah. It, it, it succeeded for a short time in spite of itself. You know, there's yes. a, maybe something like Legendary Axe was pretty good, but most of it was just was atrocious.
1: Keith oh, Courage man. and Alpha Zones. Yeah, that wasn't good. That wasn't no. good <laughs>
0: I was going to say, go back to the links. So I'm still amazed you can find new old stock for almost every game. Like the majority of the, of the majority of the library, you can buy brand new, brand new for a low price, which to me is amazing. How how mu- how many they produce and how many they didn't sell. I guess how many were are still in a warehouse somewhere. Yeah,
1: uh, you, that's cool. There's a whole following on Atari Age where you can upgrade your screen now. The McWill can McWill. you really? The, the people... Yeah, you can upgrade your screen. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And there's an SD card uh, multi card that you can get. What? And, yeah. And so, you know, it's really, there's a following for it, but it's expensive, like anything, you know, to upgrade your screen stuff. But I had mine done. It's it's gorgeous. And uh, there's homebrews still made for it. And yeah, I mean, there's a following of, there's a hardcore following of links. You know, you go on Atari Age, you go to the, you know, links section, and they're having a field day. So.
0: And then there's the, the games that never came out, like Alien vs. Predator, Rolling Thunder, my all-time favorite arcade game. I think Relief Pitcher, which I loved, mm-hmm. in, I love the arcade version of that. Um, so I think there's prototypes available online. You can download the ROMs, but I'm I'm in for an Atari Lynx SD uh, like Flashcard. I'm in for that, yep. absolutely. Yep, and,
1: and a screen upgrade, and it's they're both gorgeous, and they even have they have it where you can hook the Lynx up to a VGA monitor that's compatible and you can play it through tv
0: wow okay not hdmi out though it's just a regular like vga like a yes like, like computer yes okay interesting all right lynx is a little late to the party but they're getting there that's <laughs> <Yes>,
1: right <laughs>
0: so is this so is, is the flash card actually out yeah well yeah. Where, where can you order from
1: uh you go on atari age and there's a someone phone, there's a thread on it yeah okay. someone's making them I, I i don't have it on me but it's the same guy i do believe it's working on the jaguar multi-card
0: so. so, all right. So we're so, so we're going to almost get to the day where almost every console has a multi cart, yes. has a flash cart. Uh, yes. We're almost there. We're, we're close to it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think twenty six hundred has it yet. Do they? Does twenty six hundred
1: have one? Oh yeah. Do they really? Yeah, the have a Harmony cart. So the Harmony cart's been around for a while, and uh, you, you know SD card, kind of same thing. But the uh, the Lynx is the is an SD card, micro SD card. You you know, put the game ROMs on it and as a menu and, and but yeah Harmony cart has been around quite a bit uh uh Harmony too yeah Harmony Karts, uh and there's a new one a budget multi cart being worked on for 2600 and there's a thread on it but yeah it's always something right
0: yeah <laughs> it's either that or you buy the Atari Flashback Gold with, with your you know 60 games built in and most people that would be good enough you know just to have that experience you yep. know they don't necessarily have to play uh, Beam and eat them on their, yeah. uh, on, their, you know, <laughs> on their on their you know on their flashcard, what do you think about uh, what, what the stuff Atari's been trying to do, like the Atari box? Are you as disappointed uh, oh, as I am?
1: Oh <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I, I've talked about it. I mean, it's it's kind of a joke, kind of. You know, yeah, I'm being nice, but I mean it's...
0: the speaker hats and everything.
1: <laughs> well, the Indie Indie Go Go. I mean that, that right there is Their cryptocurrency is. Gonna, is is yeah, I mean, IndieGoGo going that route is gonna kill them. It's just dumb. It's just dumb, and you know, with you know, and they're 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 advertising now. Ooh, Temp- Tempest Four Thousand, and it's like it's all it's available on other consoles. There's nothing. Are they really? You know, I didn't see that. Yeah, Tempest Four Thousand. They have you know the the Atari Vault. They're gonna offer a hundred classic Atari games. That are on everything else, yes, of course. including yes. Steam, <laughs> including Steam and Flashback consoles, and you know between that, the Flashback and the Retron seventy seven, there's less and less reason for anybody out there to consider getting a VCS, Atari VCS, for the price.
0: And now like, I, it's I, just dumb. And now we got to say, well, it's a VCS from two thousand eighteen, not from from seventy seven. unfortunately. we got to like make a distinction now. Yes. You know, it's that's that's that annoys me in and of itself. Is that now we have to like say, oh no, not not the new VCS, the original, the twenty six hundred. Have you uh, have you used the the Retron seventy seven? I haven't seen one in person,
1: so it's not out yet. Oh, it's so not out. Okay, I I would like to review one, and we'll see. It looks cute. Uh, yeah, I, I it's gone through some changes. I really like. I think they've taken some feedback that they got from the Retron five. They're they're licensing a, an earlier form of Stella, and they've been pretty transparent on Atari Age, and they're really trying to work with people. It won't work with the Harmony Cart, which is a multi cart, but it takes an SD card slot, and it's going to have a bunch of options. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to this. It's going to play homebrews. It's going to play up to 16K games out of the box, but it's going to be an open source device, which means people. Can modify it and hopefully offer other features. And so, you know, nothing official. Again, this is you know, this is just me reading uh, what Hyperkin has post, posted on the story.
0: So they're not locking now, so I can just load ROMs on an SD card and, and I guess an emulator on there will play them.
1: I don't know that. Okay, but I don't see why not, even with some modifications.
0: Sure, I, I'm hoping that this gets unlocked or. Altered that you might as well say, Screw it, we'll just throw on a 7800 emulator on here and 5200 and have it be your little Atari all in one, you know, console. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, no point of having three separate ones. They're, no one's going to buy a separate, you know, 5200 one necessarily. You might as well make it all in one somehow or make an adapter for it. You know what I mean? Like, do something like yes. that with this. I, I think that would be a smart move.
1: And you'd sell I so think, many more. Yes, I think modding it to play 7800 would be a very nice feature i think a lot of people are expecting that i don't know out of the box again i don't you know i haven't got one uh, i've requested to review it
0: yeah i'm interested i think it's a good, good idea because while you're looking at well you can just get the flashback you know hd that might satiate you but yeah maybe i want to play tax avoiders every now and then even though no one does you know but, but just <laughs> but, but be able to put the cartridge in at least and do that you know because let's think about it everyone's playing the same you know 30 or 40 atari games and they're calling it at night but, yes but but to be able to at least you know have the ability to play other ones or like you said play homebrews i wonder why they won't have the multi-carp functional unless it is a, sort of like an emulator system like the you know retron 5 where it has to load up the rom you know pull the rom from the cartridge maybe that's how it's working it's that's a what That's am
1: limitation Okay. Uh, the other the other thing that's important to know about it is that it's going to have a quick menu screen, so it's going to be uh, booting up within a couple seconds, and that there's customization when you boot it up. You can uh, there'll be some options for you to customize your own screen uh, mm. when you boot it up. So they're really they're really kind of working with the public. I I you know since they have announced this project product, uh, I've been I've been interested in seeing it evolve. It's the first. You know, clone hardware of Atari in 40 years. I mean, you'd think that well, commercially acceptable. I guess there's there's FPGAs that have been made that are like six, seven hundred dollars, but for like you know, commercially viable product, it's been 40 years. And nobody's done a clone console of the Atari. Sure,
0: sure. Yeah, I think FPG, FPGA will be the simplest answer in the long run to a lot of these issues, and then you won't have to deal yeah. with. You know, fifteen different pieces of hardware. Speaking of that, we have the retro blocks still potentially on the way. They might be too late to the party though. After all these pieces of hardware are out, it really depends on what happens. Uh, but yeah, it's sort of like we're getting to the not saturation point of the new form of old hardware, but it's all getting out there now. I mean, we'll probably have uh, I'd say most systems covered within a few years. You know, we have we have like uh, like with the retro blocks and the, and the CD. Uh, you, S-E-E-D-I, you have CD-based systems potentially, you know, like the PlayStation 1 and potentially, you know, uh, uh a turbo CD where you can just hook that up to a an HDMI output and as long as you have an, the emulator for it, you can load up your disk. You know, so we're, we're getting to that point. I mean, we're going to get to the point where I think that I think the, the, they finally, what, they unlocked the, they cracked open the Saturn, what, only a year ago? They're figuring that yep. out. So yep. we're, we're getting to the point, we're going to get to that point pretty soon which is fine for preservation. It's fine so I can continue to play these systems. But yeah, because I think the current concern is going to be 10 years from now. Yeah, finding a, a Sega Saturn that still works properly without having to get it, you know, modded or worked on. It's, it's a, It could be a real concern going, going into, uh, forward into the future.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that I'm looking forward to having... I'm always all for hardware replacement because one out of one hardware is going to die. And so having these these new retro consoles that play old stuff i'm all for it as long as it's done right and i think sometimes some longtime fans get frustrated when you know the company is trying to make a profit and they they shave a 25 cent part off of something and it just it kind of ruins the experience you know i think i think a lot of people would look at at games and get frustrated you know they they had flashbacks for so long without a cartridge port and now i wonder if at games is kind of scratching her head saying maybe we should have did that earlier we you should
0: know. we should get our own retron 77
1: <laughs> yeah you know because i think i think at some point that's going to be an issue you know because i think the retron 77 could p- possibly take the bite out of flashbacks you what, know, what you, was there a flashback with the cartridge slot one of the versions okay so no
0: what is what was, is what what's what was there? And I thought there was an Atari release that had a, a cartridge slot.
1: You, there was a mod you could do a flashback. So Kurt Vendel, what who was an Atari employee, was uh, I do believe he engineered the Atari Flashback Two and Two Plus. And what he did is he left a spot on the PCB, the actual board. Ah. That you can install a cartridge, uh, and it was not 100% compatible, but a lot of people did it. You could, he, you know, he he made it to where you could install your own cartridge. It
0: was a flashback too. Yes. So that one, there was a you could you can cut that baby open and get a cartridge in there somehow.
1: <laughs> yeah, you had to you had to mod it. You had to buy the parts, and you had to, you know a lot of tinkering. Not not my jam.
0: I want. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure. At Games wasn't happy with that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I know. Uh, I just I don't know. You know i I don't know when At Games took over the flashbacks, but yeah, that was I think before they did that.
0: Let's so see who who manufactured that one back then. That was one of the yeah. That was these these flashbacks have been out flashbacks have been out for what over ten years now. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. interesting.
1: Mid two thousands. Really,
0: the first first run of these sort of consoles that's still continuing to this day, and and, th- and now we have all the you know all these. um, like the Retrobit Generations, mm-hmm. well, they have the follow up one that's just coming out now. Did it follow up come out yet? I think it came out.
1: Super Retrocade, yep. Yeah. Super Retrocade did a review on my channel.
0: Which for my scenes, and an improvement from what I've seen it at is, least.
1: It is. I, what I, they, now, there's a little bit of controversy about with that. Is so they just released a 1.1 upgrade. Now, originally, they said that you would be able to upgrade your console, and it sounds to me like you can't. And so all the people that got a 1.0 are kind of kind of screwed. There's no firmware uh, to there's update. No, there's no firmware to update a 1.0. Uh, at least I haven't heard of one. And so, but there's a 1.1 out now, and it fixes some of the sound issues, and they've added a couple ROM, different ROMs and stuff. But on a side note, you can add. ROMs to a Super Retrocade out of the box. Oh, you can. That's, yeah, it's pretty cool.
0: It's not even locked down. You can just load up your oh. ROMs on a, on a on a on a SD card.
1: Yep, you turn it on and uh, and then you you insert the SD card and after you have your ROMs on there and then it pops up.
0: And, and so that's like Mame ROMs, I'm guessing.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. So it becomes so instead of buying your <laughs> instead of buying your uh, your uh, Xbox original Xbox, they have a converter. You can just buy one of these and do
1: it. And it'll play other retro consoles, too. It'll play, like, Game Boy, and it'll, it'll play, you know, some other retro consoles, too. How Not you, everything, but it's pretty cool. I was going to say,
0: what is it? What is the, the sort of the, the ceiling of power for games? So can you, like, pull off, like, I don't know, Mortal Kombat 3 on this thing? Will that play all right?
1: Yeah, it doesn't do 3D... It does great, like late eighties, early nineties arcade games. And there's certain pockets that does better than others, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the X Men arcade game, no problem. Neo Geo games, no problem. Really?
0: That's other
1: very even yeah, like Metal Slug Five.
0: And then it's USB uh, controller ports, correct? Yes. So that that so then you can use whatever you want. Then at least you don't have to deal with the, those. No, no. So
1: there, there's a big issue with 1.0. I've been following fix, this. <laughs> that they fixed with 1.1. That fix the controller port issue, and so there's some controller. Um, there's some, It has limited. There's limited USB controllers that work with the what? Release. Yeah, I know.
0: Why would they, they lock it down? Oh man, this could be my system. I can I can play Rolling Thunder on my on my TV. <laughs> I th- yeah, I don't know.
1: I haven't tried Rolling Thunder, but I'm pretty sure it'll it should work.
0: That's um, very surprising. It, all, it includes the official carrying case if I buy it on Amazon. Oh, that's interesting. All right, I might have to look into that. 1.1. It has has what looks like the same exact manufacturer that made the NES Classic carrying case. Like the same exact one. (laughs) It looks literally the same exact one, it just looks, you know, the, the retro bit symbols on there. so that's your your endorsement for the Super Retrocade over the awful Retrobit generations.
1: Oh yeah, no, yeah. it's like night and day. Um, and, and what's cool is it has AV, AV ports in the back, and so you can play it on a CRT. Ooh, okay. And you get less lag. You get it's it's kind of more of a genuine experience, but it's pretty awesome. I I've messed around with mine quite a bit, and I like it. And there's a forum. Uh, there's some forums that are adding uh, additional features to it. So yeah
0: additional features in terms of uh, future
1: ROMs and what's compatible and making images for the ROMs so when you boot it up you can you know the menu system's a little clunky but yeah
0: There's not that many reviews on um on Amazon I'm sort of surprised uh, about that it's only like six uh, looks like at this point in time but uh, speaking of uh consoles with tons of games that we've already purchased 20 times before so what do you think going to happen with the uh, the nes classic do you think they'll make it make enough this time like the snes classic I'm, I'm i'm hoping that they've turned the page here it sounds like they have at least to me
1: yeah so it's, it's kind of interesting so they made a bajillion they sold what five million snes classics
0: you can get them regularly whenever you want for the most part yeah. of the super Nintendo classic so they've done their job with that i can order on so, prime right now it looks like Let's so see. the
1: question is because you can mod, you can software mod that right, and you can put NES games on it, right?
0: Yeah, you can put the almost just about the yeah you can put the entire library on the uh, the NES Classic.
1: So so what I'm so what I'm saying is, can you put the NES games on the SNES Classic?
0: No, it's just Super Nintendo, I believe. Okay, that's,
1: that's... okay, yeah, I think I think it's good. I think you know, um, I'd be nice if they had like a packaging variant or maybe some different games. I think if they put different games on it, there's going to be more people who are going to buy it.
0: Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure they want to go through that.
1: <laughs> or like a – no, what I'm saying is like a packaging variant. So they can keep a lot of the same games they had on the first run, but even if they added a, just a couple games, because all those variant variation collectors are going to go out and buy it. Oh, My, my, my
0: mistake, you can't install Retro Arch on your SNES Classic, so you can't play multiple systems on the – uh, SNES Classic. You, you can install the emulators for looks like uh, NES, Game Boy, Genesis, N64, and others. So yeah, you could. But the problem is, I think the space of those ROMs is. I mean, the NES ROMs are so so tiny yeah. compared to even Super Nintendo that you won't be able to fit that many on there.
1: So the question is, since it's the same hardware, is there going to be is the big demand wave gone now? Like, I
0: think that there'll be enough people that never got the chance to get the NES classic that when they see it, they'll still buy it okay. because they were so shorted. And that was even before they did the second run, surprisingly in what early 2000, uh, uh early 2017 when they, yes. when they said, we're going to come out with, uh, we're going to go back to the factory and do whatever, a few more, uh, due to the demand. Cause they, they really were not prepared for the demand because they just, I don't know what they were thinking and why there wouldn't be demand. But they, they honestly thought it'd be a novelty product, so the the interesting thing is that this the massive success of that or demand combined with the Super Nintendo to me altered their decision on the on the switch online service and how they're going to be marketing retro products going forward mm-hmm. I, I, which is good news to me at least um that they're not going to go back to the, the well with oh we'll just charge you five bucks for each individual ROM until you the day you die on each uh system uh subsequent system that comes out. So uh, I, I think this is going to come out and I think people will still be clamoring for it or obviously the fervors died down from a year and a half ago, but I still think that there'll be people that are going to want to get this and they'll be able to get it. They say it's going to be available at least this in the Superton Classic until the end of the year at least. So, but yeah, I think the Superton Classic you can get at your local Walmart or Target no problem. So they've they fulfilled the demand. They made a ton of money and they figure why not? You know, I don't see why. I mean, me and Ian are, go back and forth. He's almost adamant there'll be an N64 classic, uh, maybe this year. And I'm like, ah, eh, I'm not so sure about that one. But he thinks they'll do that more sooner than later.
1: I'm excited about them making it, and I, you know, I I think that it's neat. It's a neat novelty item that has spawned a whole group of other minis to come out, and it's still the standard that everybody's. You know i would like them to fix their ridiculously short cord yeah um, it'd, be, it'd be great to have like a deluxe package with two controllers i'm really excited if they release extra controllers that you can actually find because i know well, forever yeah you could find new old
0: stock of the european ones for a long time on ebay and they weren't going for that that much I, yeah. But but yeah, if you're a collector, you want the U.S. packaging. Sorry, you're out of luck. I got one in a bundle. I was uh, from GameStop. I'm one of the like, three people that have the U.S. extra controller. Yeah. You know. Um. Yeah, we have a lot of mini stuff going on. A lot of consoles. We have the the Coleco evolved Kickstarter w- was already has oh. already hit their goal. Um. Yay. <laughs> That's all you can say about that.
1: Oh, but, man. Well, you yeah. know,
0: they gotta, they got to use that trademark or they lose it. Um.
1: <laughs> my, my only positive. Okay, there is a positive. So, first of all, once I found out that the Robotech was just a Game Boy Advance port, less excited. And the Rainbow Bright looks terrible. It, it does. It just looks stupid.
0: I wonder if that's a but, ROM hack of Crystalis, the more I look at that.
1: <laughs> it, yeah, it just, it just, oh gosh, yeah. It's just like hipster, it's like a hipster gold, I don't know, I, I don't like it. So, But what I do like is that maybe less people are going to pilfer original hardware to do like MAME arcade caps. Are people doing that?
0: They're buying like a Galaxian and they're ripping it yep. open? That's I hate well, destroying original hardware. Yeah, they'll, uh, they'll take me.
1: damaged ones or ones that okay. don't work. But, 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 yeah, I mean, at least with this now, they'll hopefully use these instead.
0: Sure, because the price is, well, the price is unreasonable at 70 bucks, but I guess 45 plus shipping, uh, it's still $60 probably. This price still is bad. I'm sorry, the price is still too much for those.
1: Well, I think, I think if they're smart, they should just sell the unfinished hardware just just, the case.
0: just sell the, the 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 molds like the molded case
1: sell the molds to hobbyists and people would buy, to, buy them up you know 30 40 bucks
0: well, that was Mike Kennedy's plan with the chameleon he was going to deal as atari <laughs> i think he actually that's probably the only money he made off that venture was making those uh, jaguar cases and selling them to, to people that want replacement cases <laughs> what, a,
1: what a mess what a mess
0: <laughs> that, that worms its way back into the conversation but i forgot about that
1: well I don't ever think of Mike Kennedy because I, I, I have my own thoughts about this. I, I guess I have to be careful in what I say. but my my whenever I think of Coleco Chameleon, I think of Mr. Lee
0: the, was, who I've I' have met it,
1: Yes. So I think of I think that whole fiasco and I think of one person that probably was behind everything and that's Mr. Lee.
0: Oh, you you don't you don't think there was a a veil of plausible deniability that Mike Kennedy would put himself behind on purpose? You don't you don't think he didn't know about the the the, the, the fake prototypes and everything?
1: I don't know. I, what I do know is I know Mister Lee, and he would definitely be a person that would do it. Okay. I I, think- I don't know I don't know Kennedy enough, but I what I do know.
0: Oh, one moment. While John has stepped away, let me tell you all about Stamps.com. These days, you can get practically everything on demand, just like this podcast. You can listen wherever you want when it's convenient for you. And Stamps.com is also convenient. I've used Stamps.com for like five, six years at this point to send out uh, game consoles, DVDs, NES punk wristbands, a certain uh, NES guidebook on occasion even. So Stamps.com. It's the most convenient way to access all the services of the post office right from your desk. All you need is a computer and a printer and probably ink for that printer and you're good to go. You buy and print real U.S. postage for any letter or any package. It's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You click, print, mail, and you're done. Stamps.com will even send you a digital scale. You can weigh your letters and packages and print the exact amount of postage every time. So how do you get your special not-so-common podcast offer with Stamps.com. You get a four-week trial, which includes postage and a digital scale by going to Stamps.com, clicking on the radio microphone at the top of the page and typing in NSC, short for not-so-common, NSC. That's Stamps.com. Click on the radio microphone and you enter NSC. You get your four-week trial, you get your postage from them, and you get your digital scale. So you can get going with the most convenient way for you to ship out, your packages at mail. That's stamps dot com.
1: I've used it, and it's 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 easy, it's fast, convenient. All right, so yeah, I you know going back to Mike Kennedy, I don't know him well enough, but I do. I have I have had dealings with Mister Lee, and I'll just leave it at that. Saying, I know enough there to know that I wonder about a lot of things.
0: You, so, <laughs> so you're the opinion that possibly he took Mike for a ride. A, I
1: absolutely think he took him for a ride. Uh, uh,
0: I don't. Yeah, I'm of the opinion that even if that happened, Mike did enough to bury himself even before that point. That's, that's well, I'm, sort of. I'm mine. sure of that. Yeah. yeah,
1: but I had some enough dealings with Mr. Lee to never want to deal with Mr. Lee ever again.
0: Oh sure, and sometimes you know maybe it's 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 two uh, souls finding themselves. What two ships passing in the night, and they find themselves, and maybe they're the perfect marriage of sorts. <laughs> you yeah. know, sometimes that happens too, and then uh, it's, it's it's one. Uh, Potential screwing over another potential. I'll just say that, you know, that, yeah. that, that can happen too. Um, yeah. Uh, what What do you think about? I remember last year we talked about the the uh, NES uh, market peaking in summer two thousand sixteen. Both sort of agreeing on that the price is peaking. I'm, I'm still standing by that statement. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, it, I
1: think that you know, I I just formed a new collectors group on Facebook, and part of that is to. Just see what people are collecting out there, kind of having an ear to the ground. It helps me with kind of, uh, you know, seeing what people are pursuing. And, you know, NES, the NES, sorry, is getting long in the tooth. And I think that with the prices being high, it's, it's becoming old. And, and people are now pursuing more PlayStation, more GameCube, more N64, uh, n- newer stuff. Newer, older retro stuff, I guess.
0: Well, it's also all the collectors that are into NES have all the games they want to have. So, yep. I mean, I always talk about. I mean, who at this point who's into NES games doesn't have Contra anymore? Like, who's going to be actively searching for the game that hasn't come across a copy the last eight years? So, what, so when I see a, a game like that drop from forty-five to like thirty bucks or less, I'm like, well, that's only natural because the demand isn't as high as it what it used to be.
1: And you know, at what point does it's less than thirty emu- bucks? Actually, I think. And <laughs> what point does the emulation and the availability of playing old NES games, NES games, multiple dip ways, one hundred percent accurately affect the market? The, the Chinese ripoffs, the AliExpress, and versus the high price of original software. Does it, where people, more and more people say, I'll just get a Raspberry Pi, or I'll emulate it on my computer, or I'll, you know, play it a hundred different ways, versus getting that beat-up old Contra cart.
0: I think, I think that's, what you're touching upon is, I think people are, are done with the original hardware, to an extent. They, they don't see the need for it anymore. So, if that's, if that's the case, then, they can just buy... Like like you said, they can buy any other means of getting these games. Like you, you buy the NES Classic, and for most people, that's enough yep. to sort of satiate that desire to play some of these games. Um, and and yeah, and and people shift, they change, they get older. Maybe they don't pursue it as much. They have less uh, income. I mean, ten years ago, a lot happens in ten years in people's lives. There's a lot, yes. a lot, uh, you have a lot more expendable income in your, for at least for me, like in your late twenties versus late thirties that I'm now on officially late thirties. Jesus Christ, I'm old, but <laughs> but but, but you're, you're at a different point in your life you, and your interests shift. So yes, the, the, I guess the hot collecting scene is always going to be some people in their twenties, whether it's mid to late twenties, somewhere around their early twenties, where I always looked at it as you know you're out of college, you got your first job, you have. All this money, no kids yet, no family. And what do you spend money on? Let's buy games I played when I was like 8 you know, or 10. And let's do that. And we've seen it in waves going back to the 90s with the Atari, the, the you know first run of video game collectors. Then it goes to the NES. And now we're just seeing it progress. Yep. And it's only natural. And I will say this, and I keep saying this to make a point, not to scare people off, but 2000... Um, and, let's see, end of 2016. No, no 2017 was the first year i saw nes games being treated as atari games where you had dollar bins of nes games Mm -hmm. i had never seen that before in my life uh being around collecting for 20 years seeing that at conventions more than one where here's a bin of uh, nes games or a dollar each or nes games thrown in with other crappy dollar items i never saw that before but now i have so I think once you reach that point, that, t- that tells you something about the amount, of, the amount of NES games that are out there that sellers have versus the amount of interest in getting those games. It's, they're not equal anymore. It shifted. It, it, it went from in like 2006 where, oh, my God, all these seller, resellers are starting to get into it because they realize people want these games. So then the prices start going up because they buy those games and hold on to them. Now they have them all. There's no one to buy them anymore. So naturally, the prices start going down. And I think we're officially there. Now, because when you go to the swap yep. meet, we talk about that time we go to the swap meet. I don't go that much anymore, but yeah, you don't find the games like you used to.
1: No, and I, I think you bring up a good point. So first of all, going back to your comment about collecting, I absolutely agree with that. You know, a lot of my friends that are my same age have everything they want. They talk about it. Yeah, you know, I or down or have downsized once, twice, multiple times, and and getting back to the product, yeah, I don't. Uh, you know, the the physical stuff that we grew up with is in collectors hands, resellers hands and it's just you don't find it anymore. And and actually that's a big problem for people with game stores because the foot traffic I think in the next 10-15 years is going to shrink to nothing. Is that you because the, uh, people don't value the physical media itself anymore? Part of it. I think part of it that and it's just being gulped up faster. You know, once the, once the dollar once the dollar bills started appearing for For games, you know, first it was Atari, and then, and then Nintendo, and then you know, fast forward. I and and it's still the 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 word. You know, there's still a question mark whether disc based stuff will be collected like cartridge based stuff. But but I think that physical media is going away in general. Less of it is going to be found. I'm saying like 10, 15 years at yard sales, and then then what happens to retro game stores when less foot traffic comes in with with physical media?
0: They either can di- they survive, diversify, or they close up shop. I mean, that's really your options. I mean,
1: we're we're starting to see in the Northwest where uh, a couple a couple stores have already closed this year. Really?
0: So yeah. Which which one? I mean, if you don't want to say Gamestar.
1: Gamestar, some Gamestar stores in Portland.
0: Oh, I heard they closed about six of Gamestar's. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. So they had about eighteen stores or twenty or something like that. They're at their peak and they they contracted. They closed some stores.
1: Yeah, you know, and then, and I think that uh, I think there's still a big question mark. Have we peaked, or is this just a shift? And and at what point does people that don't grow up with physical media affect the market? Mm-hmm. Where and then I think Nintendo's brilliant doing the net, the NES Classic and so, um you know, at what point does that affect the collecting market as well? Where instead of getting original hardware and original games, I'm going to get something made by the company that plays the games that's cute and that's called good
0: and it scratches that itch. Yes, I, I mean, look at I always look at what was the game Ian said that shocked him. Uh, earthbound that he saw none of them sell at the last portland he saw he said i looked around i'm looking at price charting. it's not 190 it's less than that earthbound i think it's like 150 but that was a 275 dollar game like four years ago yeah and so it it lost half its value 50 percent it drops because people realize that okay i can play as other means why do i have to buy the original cartridge yeah it is 150 dollars on price chart i was looking at the wrong thing 150 bucks and people used to sell at the, you know, try to get them at the swap meet for like 250 They try to sell it at the swap meet, that game. And uh, yeah, I think there's going to be a shift in attitude. There might be a shift in even maybe long term with consumerism and I don't know, your carbon footprint or what have you. I don't know. But if that happens then, if people want to accumulate all this stuff, I mean, I moved into my, my new place and I still have too much stuff, even in a bigger area. So I'm like, okay, enough's enough. Is it worth this to store the stuff in my garage and never look at it or get rid of it? And that's, I agree with. And, and that's where yeah, I'm getting to.
1: I agree with the consumerism statement. I think that there's a generation, you know, millennials and younger that, you know, they can't afford what the previous generations have had, especially boomer generation, this disposable income, even Gen X, you know, having this crazy physical media man cave, I think, I think that younger generations look at that and say, that's not what I want, mm-hmm. you know, and, and have opinions of it and uh, more of a minimalist uh, approach. And I think that that's, that's that could be that could really affect collecting. And I think you know, going back to you know previous thing that I said on podcasts, there'll still be people out there doing it. You know, I may be one of those people like a, you know, like the old train people. You know, I loved when you brought still- up that. I loved when you brought up that metaphor because <laughs> I've been
0: using it the past year, but it's perfect.
1: Yeah, you know that like you know, there's still going to be people out there that crazy that, loons like yeah, us. Yeah, that that are into the you know the retro gaming. And the physical media, and they'll have shows. It just is not going to be as big or popular, and it's just going to die down. And we'll we'll see. I see retro collecting being more fractured too. I see that um, it's really it's you know you go to shows now and there's more picked over product, and it's kind of all over the place. I think you're going to see more of that as time goes on. As just it just as as games trade hands and i you're gonna see more of it
0: yeah, are you and, talking about just when you go to a game uh, like like a show with retro games you're not gonna find desirable products anymore or it's just all the all the trash out there everyone went their 20 copies of Base loaded Two. Is that, is that what you're referring to
1: yeah i think it's gonna just be more leftovers well i think, uh, well, I think see... it already
0: is that to yeah. a lot of these shows i think it is but it
1: but it's going to be more an issue. Now, not talking about big shows like PRGE, where they have everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, price is a bigger issue there. Uh, but, but for smaller shows, you're going to see, I think, more picked over product, more leftovers, more, um, you know, less people coming to shows and being disappointed, walking away, kind of wanting a specific game and not being able to find it.
0: That's very interesting. Um, I, I, yeah, I guess cause if not many, if there's only so many copies of like zombie ate my neighbors for super Nintendo, if you're looking for it versus, you know, madden 95. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think the common game consoles are going to be fine cause everybody's going to bring those to the shows, but like say you're into links, you may go to a smaller show and be very disappointed cause you're going to search the entire trade floor <laughs> and you're not going to find any uh, links.
0: There's usually two people that have links games at every convention. Yes.
1: But you can always buy the brand new ones on
0: eBay for $10. So (laughs) it's true. You're fine there. Um, You touched on so many things I want to talk about. But going back to collections in the future, I mean, we talked about in the podcast, I think I released a video today about there's a gigantic uh, in person auction coming up for a 46 year old's collection.
1: Yeah, I know the guy. Oh, Oh, you know the guy? Okay. So he's a guy on Atari Age, okay. and he was, uh, I don't think he was working for At games. he was a spokesperson, or, you know, he was, he was a nice man, huge collection, very nice, very professional, and, you know, uh, yeah, and so he's auctioning his collection off, crazy collection.
0: A lot of P- old PC stuff, 90s and 80s, mm-hmm. um, from yeah. what I saw, there even some Neo Geo stuff in there, some TurboGrafx stuff in there, Super FX, mm-hmm. uh, not many NES games from what I saw. Uh, at least no,
1: the- no, it's definitely a unique collection. Yeah. Uh, he had, what, three imagination machines? Or Did something he really? Crazy- yeah,
0: something uh, crazy. I owned like one. One of my biggest regrets is having one of those and selling it in like 2004. I had an imagination machine with the original like shipping box, all the oh, software for really? it. really? Yeah. Oh, man. Sold some, I, have- so, I think I sold it to some freaking, I think it had some museum in Germany. Some like computer oh, museum okay. got it. They only made like a thousand of those, right? They didn't make that many of them.
1: I don't know the numbers now i scored one a guy found one at a yard sale in in oregon and paid me i i, I paid him uh an affordable price and it works it's beat up a little bit but it, it works so this works. I, I booted it up with the basic cart so it has the basic cart has the hookups has the power supply and it still works. It's not in the best shape, but I got it. I got it free, cheap.
0: This is, yeah, you know, one of my biggest regrets because back in like 2004, I wasn't like now or yeah, let's collect everything, let's be a hoarder. Yeah, I had <laughs> it. I had, my cousin got it from his neighbor, gave it to me, and I was looking at it. I mean, it had everything. It had like all the financial software, the word processor. It had some games. Wow. Had the original shipping box. It had like the original receipt with it. And I was just like, what the hell? I mean, even okay. What would I do with it today even if I still had it honestly it's so It'd be big in a box it it, it, it being the gigantic shipping box or whatever like the, yeah. the plain brown box or whatever it came in I couldn't put it out anywhere it's gigantic the thing it's like an oversized printer with with the with the APF 1000 stuck in the middle of it you yeah. know but uh someone went to I think like I said I think went to like some sort of computer museum went to Europe went to, I think went overseas to Europe Awesome. Is, is, is when so they're going to do more with it than me? I think yeah. I think I read somewhere they either made like less than a thousand or barely a thousand because who the hell would have bought that? No one bought the APF one thousand. I was looking. No. I was lucky enough to find one in the box. I don't think I've ever seen another one in the box besides mine. You know, it's like, no one made those. like they didn't make any of those. You know,
1: baseball game is pretty good for it too. Is it really the baseball? Game?
0: Yeah. I mean, all I remember is the creaky controller on it. It's like creaky, oh, creaky t-
1: controller is terrible. <laughs> but the baseball game is pretty good.
0: Yeah, I think I might have like six to ten pieces of software for like poker and backgammon on it, like the ba- very basic thing. But, okay, so this is a guy you know. He's 46. He's been collecting for a t- for years. He's done books. He's into this. He's on he's the preservation side. And even he's like, okay, I think I'm done. This is the end of my journey with this mm-hmm. stuff.
1: Yeah, I think, I think that a lot of collectors are hitting that where either they're not collecting what they used to or they're ready to downsize, and you—you brought it up earlier in this discussion. You hit that. You hit your forties, and and I'm there. I mean, that's why I want my games to be part of a museum because it's taking up a lot of space in my house. Sure. <laughs> and you know, at some point, you have to decide what am I wanting to do with my collection? Am I playing all my collection? Can this go somewhere else and be better served? You know, I think at some point, any collector needs to look at their collection and ask that question. Oh, absolutely.
0: But I think I'd be very cautious if you're opening up your own regional museum or your own museum with your own stuff. Absolutely. But that was a disagreement I had with Chris Kohler, where Chris is like, yeah, museums will take your stuff. I'm like, they're not going to take everything. There's only so many museums are going to take it. I don't think think, uh, uh, any old museum is going to want someone's entire Sega Genesis library. What the hell are they going to do with that? They might take certain pieces you know and have that on display 50 years from now like here's a Sega Genesis set up with like 20 popular games. They're not going to need an entire library of a console. Um and so yeah. I so I think people are in for a rude awakening. And that's what, that's the one thing that Chris Cole did agree upon is like if you're going to sell your games you better sell them now. This is the most most of these libraries are ever going to be for these consoles and 10 years from now they won't be nearly what you think they're going to be. You know you're not going to be able to, you know, retire on some of these collections like you thought you would like a few years ago. Um, so, yeah, I think I think collectors or people that get into it the past three, four years, speculators, they're going to be in for a big, rude awakening. I, I, and I think some have already started realizing. I know some people already started to downsize. Uh, your friend here is, is getting rid of his collection, and I think mm-hmm. it's going to follow suit. It may not be a domino effect, but it's, it's, I think it'll be a regular flow once we get into the 2020s. It's going to be a, a regular flow. It's going to happen more and more.
1: Well, and I think there'll be people jumping in, too, that'll... I think initially there'll be people that will be buying it up. And I think it's just going to be a gradual change. And I think collecting in general is just going to be changing. And I think the question is nothing stays popular forever. You know, we've, we've had this great wave of video game nostalgia in the last, you know, I would say game shows have been around you know, early, late nine, late 90s was, you know, the World of Atari, the Classic Gaming Expo, the first Classic Gaming Expo in Vegas. And since then, it's just gotten bigger, and now there's more and more places doing their own regional shows.
0: There's about 12 to 15 retro game conventions in the U.S. every year, something yes. like that.
1: And I know that you know that because you go to them. <laughs> I go to some of them, yeah. And, and, you know, and and there's pros and cons about it kind of spreading. But, yeah, now the question is, uh, how long is it going to last, and and where does it go from here? And but yeah, you know it's uh, it's a it's a crazy market right now. I I have I'm a good friend that's a game store owner, and uh, he he I talk to him all the time, and and he thinks he thinks yeah this could be it right now.
0: Right now, this is the peak, and from now it's just less and less interest, less people coming in, less people buying that original Super Nintendo. Uh, Console, unless the original games. I don't. I don't entirely disagree. I think it might have to. They might have to follow the GameStop model of diversifying their stock. And, And like, and like I said, I think something like Portland Retro Gaming Expo will always be around. But you already see it shifting to more of a celebration of of the culture of retro games versus. The physical media themselves. I think that's it's going to be more focused on like the arcade, maybe maybe even maybe even stuff that people want to visit, but not necessarily own like the you know like the setup of consoles. It'd be cool to play it for a weekend, but I don't need to own sixty different consoles. You know, I don't need to have all of that in my house. I at least learn about it. I know it exists, but that's okay. You you can keep it here, or I can come visit it once or twice a year. Yeah, but that's I can...
1: yes, and I think that's where. Uh, a, a museum model, and, it, and again, you know, this is something that I'm going to attach, attack, and address hopefully in the upcoming years. Mm-hmm. And I think that people want to visit game stuff, but don't necessarily want to own it. And even that, like you said, they saw it, great. And you know, there's there's a lot of things to to be addressed, but you know, I'm uh, I think the museum model for certain game games and not even having everything i think you just need a fun experience and uh that i think that's going to be sought after we'll see
0: yeah maybe we'll get a bunch of video game history museum sort of types of places throughout the u.s maybe that's maybe that's the future of my collection as i stare at my m my m82 or is that the m M, m8 in the in the shrink wrap still that I used to ship it. But anyway, Mike, John, you should help me do my game room. It's still a mess here. I still got to decide. What I'm doing is I'm, I'm keeping the games out that I have shelf space for and then deciding, okay, if I don't have room for 70 Sega Genesis games, I decide which 77 Sega Genesis games go into storage. I think that's the best way to do it. Keep out the ones I might actually consider playing at one day. And that's, my, that's, that's a big leap for me versus having everything out. You know, yeah. Let's curate as I stare at my... Well, the same Master System is only 114 games, so I can look at them all Besides, Oh, I got Rampart, the European one, uh, over there. By the way, I'm done my Master System. I got that Buster Douglas manual, finally. Oh, congratulations. So. I feel empty. And I completed my... I completed my... My. I think I, you probably know it. Well, maybe not. I completed the NES. That's done. That's done, done, NES. Except for, like, five that's... manuals. I'm not going for all the boxes, but I think I'm missing, like, five manuals, and that's it.
1: So. Yeah, you know, I'm definitely... I'm getting down to the nitty gritty for my NES collection, and so I'm down to 25 boxes. Okay. And I have that, I have
0: a couple that you need, by the way. I know. I have like three or four. I think I told a uh, mutual
1: friend. I was like, "Oh, I have that. How did I get that?" <laughs> yeah, I have to say that, uh, and also just got donated a Mr. Gimmick complete. Someone and, donated that?
0: Yeah. That's like that's yeah, a, was that a cool 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 grand or 800 bucks something like that.
1: Yeah, and I, I watched your video on it. I did such a good job doing you know that. Do you know I edited that
0: the day before that Port and Retro Gaming Expo in 2011? Oh, wow. I, I, <laughs> I had such a manic energy when I was younger. I'd say I really didn't start feeling old until like a year and a half ago, two years ago. Uh, I could do feats that I could not do anymore. It was nuts. But yeah, I edited that 18-minute video in 24 hours and got my ass on that plane to that tiny... My first Portland Retro Gaming Expo where I sweated my ass off. I had a, t- a lot of fun uh, in that parking garage. Underneath that parking garage. <laughs> that was such a weird time because that was like more the shift towards what we ha- are now. But I, it was interesting because there, that's that, uh, Portland was always like the sort of the forefront of where the retro gaming scene was. And I was like, wow, there's so many people interested in retro games here and, and really odd stuff that I'm into. Like I had to load up, like buy my super batter up in the box there that, you know what I mean? Like no one else cared about that sort of stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is this is the mecca of retro gaming. But um, sorry, I was interrupting you. So you you're getting down to the 20 boxes of NES
1: yeah, well, I'm kind of motivated to complete it because I might as well announce it here, is that oh. my NES collection is going to be on Portland Retro- at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo this year. Hey, that's great. That's fantastic. So, so you're
0: going to have every single NES game out?
1: Li- well, I think space is an issue, and that still needs to be discussed, but at least a licensed NES set will be on display, and so that's kind of why I'm pursuing my final 25 boxes.
0: That's cool, though. That's very cool. Yeah. Do you think I should partner up, bring out some a uh, couple of rare pieces, bring out the NWC or something to go with uh, that? Yeah, yeah. Be- I
1: mean, Rick Rick Weiss is kind of hidden. This uh, this is kind of his uh, brainchild, and you know he wanted to he wanted to have Atari displayed, but then you know he's like, it's time for Nintendo. They
0: had Atari last year though; that was a beautiful display. Yes, they had that. That's Rick's, beautiful. Rick's
1: collection. Yeah, yeah. with uh, you know, and so we're gonna take that same display and put the licensed NES set. A boxed a, or, or just cartridge? Boxed. So it'll be my collection, yes.
0: So all in box protectors and little stands and stuff.
1: All yeah, all most of my collection with a couple probably upgrades. Um, I'm working out a deal right now to get my boxed uh, little Samson. So uh, I, I had I had a box. I had a sorry. I had a cart with paint splat, but uh, paint I finally splat. got a really a really yeah. I got it for five bucks, and so yeah. So and it I like took paint.
0: a paintbrush and just hit it.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's it's on there, and it's staying on there.
0: Wait, so. Maybe we can work out a trade for the few boxes that I have. Well, complete in box ones that I have. We, I'm not sure I can piece out just a Kate Clown uh, box and have an extra carton manual. I'm not sure even how I got that complete box. Now I think about it. Where did I get that? I, I, I can't remember how I got some of these, but when I got them, they weren't that much money. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, that's one I'm missing, as you know. As I know,
0: I know a few others. A couple kind of surprised yeah. me because they weren't to me that hard to get. And I was like, oh, you don't have that one. I was like, oh, interesting. I, I'm
1: missing Terminator. You know, for some reason, I just passed that up. You know, it's just... Just never got I, it. Yeah, I never got it. The, you know, I'm missing some other silly stuff.
0: You may shouldn't say, say it on here. Everyone's going to get it now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Quick,
1: buy it while we're talking. What's Terminator
0: complete in box? Oh, it goes for... Eh. Not see, too bad. Buy it now, uh, 105. Well, I guess it's uncommon. That's not bad. It's not bad. That's
1: not bad. That's not too bad. It's
0: not too terrible. No. Tur- Terminator 2, that's one that's really cheap and you can yes. find. Yeah, you don't see Terminator too much, the original. No. It's interesting they both came out at roughly the same time. That's right. Uh, I wish I had a, an NES app open. I can really see that. But I'm too lazy to access that. What do you think? <laughs> so so you're going to have it on display. All right, I'll think about taking it. I mean, honestly, uh, I have, like, the NWCs. and I'm not bragging, but they're in a fucking bank vault. And the only time they ever come out is when I show them off at a convention at this point, like SoCal, oh, you show them off and have an armed guard nearby and you can, you know, and it's fine, you know, but otherwise there's no point uh, to, for me having them at this point besides entertaining some really interesting offers, but that's really
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. And you could talk to Rick Weiss would probably be the contact for that, but he, he asked me, Hey, would you mind, uh, you know, so I'm taking off work to, uh, to box it up and to, you know, set it up and it'll be a cool video. And so want I'll be able to, know have a video about it for people that can't come but um of course and uh and but it, it's gonna be nice it'll be nice to have it on display like that because that's really what i want to you know that's my ideas of of really promoting a, a local museum is having that's something a start like that. yeah so that's it's the start, a
0: start of it for sure start. maybe we can trade for maybe the uh, the few turbo cd games i still need maybe we can trade that oh my god the kid clown go up in value wow remember that was a 20 dollar game Oh, my God. Not now. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully some of that stuff dies down, too. But it seems like some of these NES games, like Little Samson, never kept going up. That tapered off a little bit. Uh, but it seems like these ones that people discovered were probably, to me, just as rare, if not rare. People are now, wow, Kid Clown, that's that's just as hard to find as Little Samson, if not more so. You know, I'm actually going to downgrade Little Samson's rarity on the third print run of my book from rare to very uncommon. Because originally I had it at that, and I really think it's not actually rare. A uh, little Samson. It's just very desired, which is not it rare. Is very
1: desired. Mm-hmm.
0: So I think I might just go very uncommon with that. Something like Kid Clown is, is, is to me just as hard to find, you know. Or even a game like Chiller, you know. You don't like, tough. You don't come across that just, uh, you know, just at the flea market. It's a oh, I know. Like, for example, I know someone who found a little Samson Emmanuel at the flea market, you know. I don't think I found a, I don't think I found a, a chiller. I did find a K-Clown manual at the flea market, though. Wow. That was weird. That's a whole other story. I don't know, I forget how I found it, what I found it with, but it was like another game that had the K-Clown manual. I was like, okay, I'll just buy the manual for a buck. That's how I got my manual back in probably like 2010 before it was really worth that much. What do you think of, uh, man, so many things that came up. We got the Ready Player One, and then the Avenger, uh, Adventure Cart went up a value a little bit, probably died back down again. Um, yeah, so it'll, be it'll be
1: interesting to see what the Retro on 77, how that plays out with people collecting Atari. Do people care, or is it just uh, going to be the nah, you know, the same, same 20 Atari carts that sit in a bin <laughs> at well, any common store or retro game show? Are they Are still going to just collect dust?
0: At Classic Game Fest, once I went to the first time last year, it was a very well-run show in Austin, Texas. There was, I think the people that run it, they had the game store. They had, I think I told the story before. Um, they've had they had about four boxes, about three and a half to four feet deep, and about three and a half feet wide. Four to five boxes of those, filled. I mean, filled with twenty six hundred Atari computer and fifty two hundred games, all for a dollar each. We're, we were probably talking two thousand Atari games, at least fifteen hundred, just wow. thrown in these big, like it was all these eight foot tables, just like. All, you can walk across and go through these boxes. A dollar each. So I, I think I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. I think you're going to get the hardcore uh, 2600 people, people like Ma- Mike Matei that love the 2600. They're going to go out and grab this Retron 77 heartbeat. But I don't know if you'll be able to market that to a new audience. You might have to go back and market to like the 50-year-olds and 60-year-olds that had the, you know, the 2600 40 years ago. You know, already. Yeah. And they might be into it or want to get it. But again, they might be okay with the flashback and be like, okay, this is good enough for me. You know, like the same way the NES Classic is good enough for most people that might have had an NES and you know, and don't want to deal with the you know, having this hardware thing again. Who knows? You know, it's all about finding it's all about the people that want to take the time to find the old software, clean it, you know, and then hook it up to the T V. But at least it's HDMI'll be easier, right?
1: One thing about Atari carts is they're indestructible, kind of like NES carts, and that they just kind of, unless you throw them out, they just kind of hang out still. and They (laughs) they exchange hands, and they get a little bit faded, and you know, I just, I wonder, and you know, I don't think it's going to be some huge, huge deal, but I think I think it might, you know, there might be a market for, you know, the top 20 playable Atari games that, you know, instead of Selling for a dollar, they might sell now for two dollars. You know. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say, you know, five, they might sell for two. We might, yeah, you might blow, blow the roof off the market. Yeah, you might be able
0: to get a, uh, let's see, you might be able to get, yeah, Pitfall, like, pitfall or Space Invaders or, uh, yeah, uh, what's, what's my favorite one? The activated one, I always forget the name because I'm an idiot. The one with the cops and robbers. Uh, oh man, he's.
1: Keystone, Keystone Capers. Capers, yeah, Keystone, Keystone Capers. Capers. That's
0: like my, one of my favorite Atari games. Or Gary Kitchen, Gary Kitchen. That's right. Uh, or so a game like Heroes, kind of hard to find. So that one always has yeah. value to it. They didn't make a huge amount of those, but um, or uh, Ch- Chase the Chuckwagon. and people want to play that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what, did you have any opinions on the new uh, WADA grading service that was announced?
1: Okay, so. I think it's a better service. Absolutely. And I, don't have any, I don't think I don't have any ill will towards it. Again, I, it's kind of a wait and see. I, I do have an opinion of it, but it's not. I, I I think the people running it are smart. I think they're doing it better. My concern, my concern is: has the damage already been done
0: to the market? You, know, you
1: mean? Yeah. To to the sealed gamers market has the you know the VG you know the VG sealed. Coffin service that came it's in.
0: The coffin that, service.
1: <laughs> yeah, the sealed coffin surface surface that came in. Is, is, is it killed the market. Has it, is there a market left for water to come in, and is there enough people to make it profitable for them, or is it, well, or is there's it, a it damage done? Well, there's definitely there's definitely not
0: enough sealed collectors. I mean, there's not any new sealed collectors that I know about that are getting into sealed collecting. I think right now is the most sealed collectors you are ever going to have, you know, for this old stuff. I don't think that's ever going to. You are not going to have an eight year old kid saying, "You know what? I want to buy, not just buy old ass games, but I want them sealed in, in, in a, you know, in cellophane." I just don't understand that. I don't think that's ever going to happen. So you are right. It might be that the market's already saturated, and most of the games that are going to be sealed are already sealed.
1: Like that, the, prob- that could the be problem, like the problem is the problem is too is that the prices are too high. So yeah, this service is targeting those higher marketed games. But the problem is, let, are less people buying stuff because the prices are too high? And so are less people going to use a service because the market is at the, its peak, and it's only going down now?
0: I don't like it's the peak. fact that they're going to be grading some uh, loose cartridges. I think that's unnecessary. I think, it, I think that is dangerous. And that takes... Because the argument for was like, well, sealed games aren't getting played anyway. But cartridges are getting played. So now they're, they're going to take some of those out of the pool. And that may not matter for, you know, Super Mario Brothers 3, but that's going to matter for Little Samson or Kid Clown if if you're not content as a, a seller to, to get your $300 for your uh, Kid Clown, but all of a sudden you're going to take that out of circulation now and not have it playable, and now you want to charge $500 for it because you got it coffined or entombed, as you would say. That is, to me, and I said that on Nintendo, I said I don't agree with that at all. That is dangerous once you cross that... Once you cross that sort of uh,
1: bridge, well, and the other thing too is how I I, I, need, I guess the question mark is how many people have to use a service for them to be profitable? What is their Do they have realistic expectations of how many people are going to use the service, or are they are they just expecting a couple whales? I hate calling them that, but expecting a, just a couple whales to really use the service a lot to keep them afloat.
0: It might be people who just grade new games. There's people that grade. New games, you know, just to grade a Wii U game or grade a, you know, I guess I guess you can grade a Switch game. I haven't seen it yet. I'm sure people have have graded yep. Breath of the Wild. So I mean, you're always going to have people doing that. So in terms of profitability, I don't know. You know, it's as long as you can make an acrylic case, that's that's ninety percent ninety percent there. As long as you have that ability, then it's just having a you know competent graders and having a a nice system and having in this case good transparency in terms of you know what do these grades actually mean and who's grading them, which is always my concern with uh vga was we don't know what the, what the criteria are and we don't know who's doing it that was always the big thing about it we don't know if they're even qualified to know and you always had naysayers and nintendo age going well no it's the best we got and now some of those naysayers are now going into water because they realize mm-hmm. no that maybe that wasn't the best thing you know maybe then it, you know, i'm not gonna you No, know, i'm going down a bad train of thought i won't speculate on motives but um but yeah on the surface though you're right this looks better it looks better than what what was there before
1: it looks better. You know, I wish them the luck. I'm probably still not going to use it because I'm not a sealed game collector.
0: No, the only time I ever got cases, I did get cases for my, my NWC cards. I did because that makes sense to do that. The cases themselves are fine, but I can take them out of the cases. So that's good. Yeah. I don't I don't need them entombed. They're still just about airtight having them closed, and they block UV rays. They're coated. So it's fine. Well, now they're in a bank vault, so they're really coated from the UV sun. Um, <laughs> They're, they're coated from everything there. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's an interesting time to be a retro gamer. Absolutely. Um, this documentary is coming out now, left and right. Um, not left and right, but they're coming out. Uh, I'm, I'm helping with one that hopefully will be out by the end of the year. Um, we have, we'll have we see what happens with the stores going forward. Uh, we might have hit the peak in terms of retro gaming stores. I mean, I knew someone that wanted to open a retro gaming store. I talked him out of it because I said, listen, it's very hard to get into, even if i helped you by giving you like half of my collection to start does mean the store is going to even be profitable for a year or two you got to trade employees it's very specialized and i think we're at the peak interest like we, we we spoke about it's it's hard it's hard work uh to get into that sort of venture at this point in time
1: totally agree i mean i think that it's just moving on to something else and and it's only time's going to tell what that is is uh, it mean that people are going to start Pursuing Xbox and GameCube collecting and PS2 and is that going to blow up and is that going to be the future of retro collecting i don't know I, I, it's just a disk based stuff is just on a whole in my opinion a whole other level it so.
0: it, it is and, and to me my, my thought was always that I don't think you have the affinity for those consoles to the same way like I don't think you're I'd be shocked if you ever have a bunch of people that become like ps2 completionists and go for the whole library or original Xbox or Xbox 360 versus those people that say, okay, I'll just collect those cool games or the subset of games that I, that I like. I, I, I may not want to collect the 2,000-plus PlayStation 2 games. What's the point? Plus, there's a huge amount of room with those cases. That, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if there's going to be the same affinity or love for those more, I guess, corporate-sounding or looking systems versus you know, everyone is lovey-dovey NES. It's like, it's like Disney you know I, that's why i always think like that eh, you know you may not have a, a lot of Wii collectors out there you know but hey you know you'll have some people into it just because it's nintendo still but i think as you get further on in, in the generations i think it's gonna be less and less as we go I, I think i think the peak is we've hit the peak in terms of what systems are quote unquote collectible but we'll see maybe yeah. I'm wrong. maybe we'll get a bunch of 360 collectors in 10 years i don't know
1: I've seen, uh, you know, opening up my new Facebook group uh, for collectors, the Immortal John Hancock Collectors Group, uh, I have found some people are pursuing those disc-based collections, those huge collections. Now, I have no desire to get a PS2 collection just because A, is space, and B, I think PS2 is going to be more desirable desirable on a, like a subset level like yeah, yeah. all the fighters or all the rpgs kind of like playstation all
0: the atlas you know? games something like that yeah yeah,
1: yeah you know uh I, I actually am interested in probably at some point getting all the greatest hits games and don't ask me why. <laughs> all the reissues re- <laughs> yeah I, I i'm a huge greatest hits collector and just because there's less people doing that so yeah
0: and they're, they're all dollar fifty if you can yeah. find them <laughs> yeah get all the Super Nintendo ones that you can still find uh, brand new sealed for five bucks all those yeah. shipping boxes of F-Zero and uh, in Super Mario World I think right is that the ones they yes. had or Super Mario All-Stars I forget uh, Super Star Wars that was the one you can probably still find up to a few years ago for like ten bucks sealed <laughs> uh, Golden Eye so. and Perfect Dark and whatever else that was Perfect Dark one I forget but
1: Perfect
0: Dark 4. Uh, N64? Was that ever uh, oh, a yeah. million seller? It was. Oh, yeah. So you're, you're into that. You're the crazy guy into those. Super Mario Kart. I don't know, <laughs> Perfect
1: Dark. I don't know if Perfect Dark was. I don't know if Perfect Dark had a, a million seller on the actual box. But I know there was re-release for 10 bucks. So, yes, all that stuff. I, I love collecting that stuff. Um, don't ask me why. I, hey. It started with Genesis. Oh, no, actually Atari, the gray boxes. The silly black and white, you know, not the the black and gray and white Atari generic boxes, late eighties after Nintendo was released. You know, Atari was so cheap they didn't even put color on their box. You know, I've
0: seen a couple of those in person. <laughs> I'm guessing those are pretty hard to find.
1: Yeah, some of them are really hard to find. I love collecting all that stuff, and so, so, I, so, so I get excited. So they
0: have. A, they, I'm, huh? sorry, I'm sorry. I'm saying they must have had a bunch of like centipedes left in the factory. They said, okay, just throw them in shitty boxes. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of it had to do with the 7800 shells because sure. a lot of those late release ones have the same shells as 7800, which you know sold terrible. And so they just you know repackaged the stuff, and they were still selling the 2600 with a junior. And so they just you know 150 re- bucks. Re- yeah, just repackaged it, and uh, you know they had it, and so why not?
0: The, the, well that's very interesting I mean that's I, I should have picked Some of those up In the late 80's In the dollar bin When they were around At that point Like uh, what was What was one Here's one uh, no, Super Football Yeah 20, 20, That was a late release Yeah I think so I'm just looking at, looking at Ebay randomly Trying to find them uh, That was like The, the, red, the reddish uh, Dark yeah. reddish Colored box For that
1: Look up Look up Real Sports Volleyball black, Gray box Real Sports Volleyball Is one It's pretty cheap
0: is that was that the I'm thinking of the Intellivision game was the last release that's worth a lot, not that one.
1: Yeah, not not that one. Yeah. So this one is, you know, there's a sunset in the background and they're bouncing a it's uh it's a cheap, fun Atari twenty six hundred game and it was sold in a gray box.
0: I see the I see the silver box one. You're saying there's a gray box one.
1: Well gray, silver, but it doesn't Oh no, no, no box. I found yeah. it here.
0: Oh, I found one. You can get it eight bucks. <laughs> Factory sealed. Oh, it's a cheap box. Oh, is it cheap? It says 1982, but you're saying that was the original release. This was a re-release. Yeah. Oh, it's in, it's yeah. in like six languages. Yeah. Yeah, 1988. Wow. I might just buy it for the hell of it because it looks so... Yeah, it's, you're right. It's, it's no color on it. That is hysterical. <laughs> the, the last hurrah for the for the, the original VCS after, after 10 years. They're like, all right, we're done. Just throw them out there. Put them on the shelf for five bucks. We have old stock. We got to get rid of it. We can't. We can't bulldoze these as well. There's no more land. You know, landfill space. Yeah. So you're saying this is normally a hard to find box, though.
1: Not the not that one, but there's, there's other ones. ones that are like sword sword quests. One of the sword quests is pretty tough to get on the in that gray box, and there's a couple others that are pretty tough to get. Wow. So and don't... there's a list on Atari Age that someone has compiled and. And and yeah, it's it's cool. There's some neat stuff.
0: Home there. run, there's one home run I see. Uh volleyball. Very interesting. Alright, I'm never gonna get into Atari variant collecting that I know. You oh, know.
1: That's a that's a rabbit
0: hole. The only the <laughs> only thing I've maybe found is like when I saw some weird telegames ones I knew were hard to find, I picked them up for cheap. I was like, Oh, I have a bunch of box telegame stuff, like educational games. Like that's probably not common. You know, so I picked up some and realized that yeah, these are not these are not easy to find, some of these telegames uh variants. You know, let alone like the Superman one you never see. They must have made like four of. Um, but anyway, well, so, what's going on in the future? What, what do you got? What do you got uh, lined
1: up? Uh, channel or just in general, eh, like both. Okay, well, I got a bunch of trips planned with the family this uh, this summer. Oh, nice! And so, I'm excited about that. Doing some trips. Going to go to California and uh, hang out family, and uh, so channel i got some random weird stuff you know you know half the time i when i do a channel uh, do a video it's like i look in the garage okay what have i not covered on my channel and i just pull it out and just uh cover it or you know okay i haven't done this or haven't done that uh sometimes i've gotten really excited about just testing old hardware like i haven't tested something in a long time and so i'll just take something out of my collection and just see on camera if it still works and so i, I have some fun with that like to do some 3do cdi some 90s stuff um just stuff that's been in my game room too long i'd like to test it and talk about it very nice uh uh, gonna do the seattle retro gaming expo that's in june the vancouver retro gaming expo gonna be hitting some expos i'm I'm going to new york this year and for the long island retro gaming expo what that's uh i
0: think i was invited to that one one year when is that one at
1: Oh, geez, they're going to get mad at me not saying exact date. Uh, do you believe uh, July 21st? Okay. No, that is not the date. Um, gosh. Long Island Retro Gaming Expo. Don't for, I don't remember the date.
0: I'll look it up for you. <laughs> I'll look I'm it up so for sorry you. That's that. okay. Long Island Retro Gaming Expo. Let's see. Are you going to go to the Missouri Game Con? That one?
1: I got invited, but I'm doing a family vacation, and I can't go.
0: So the Long the Long Island Retro Gaming Expo, if that's the one, yes, is in uh, August. City. August 11th and 12th. I think that's the same. Okay, August. I think yes. that's around the same time as Game Street 81's One's one. Uh, yes. Now, so he
1: asked me to come to that, and he asked me to come to that a week after they did. Oh, and Jesus! So I was bad just timing. Like, yeah, and so you know, I want to come. You know, of course to go to New York, I want to check it out, new game show, new grounds. But yeah, John's a friend of mine, and I definitely want to go to Game On. So I'm fingers crossed that they don't conflict next year because I, I really want to go see John's show. He's he's invite he'd he me, and I couldn't go. It's, I felt really bad.
0: It's him. a well run show. I love it because it's so cl- it's the closest show to me. It's even closer than the one in Arizona in terms of travel time. It's like a 45 minute flight. So it's like yay, close show because all these other shows are hours and hours away on a plane um let's see and the missouri game con is when is that one
1: august 3rd
0: august 3rd maybe i'll make it out to that one one time i think they wanted me to go last year but i think that was conflicting with, a, with another one could have been gamesters as well last year i think it could have been conflicting or there was some other event i was going to i couldn't make it yeah, out. yeah
1: i wanted to go to that too I, and so just another one it's just you know i'm a teacher and so my summer is like it's sacred You know, and I—I have my family, and I I have a couple trips planned. But yeah, going to Canada, Vancouver Retro Gaming Expo, Seattle's, and then there's a small little show in Corvallis, and it's 64 bits or less. It's not even a con. It's essentially (laughs) it's a meetup beer. No, it's beer. They've done it for like three or four years, and it's 64 bits or less in Corvallis, and they changed the day of the show because I couldn't come, and they're gonna. They're going to have me come out. And it's essentially beer and video games. And get this, it's outside. And so I asked them, like, what happens if it rains? And they're like, oh, we, we, it shouldn't rain. It shouldn't <laughs> rain. Or, well, they'll, they'll adjust it. But yeah, it's like a little game show outside. And they got it's beer and video games.
0: That's fantastic.
1: It was, it was, I'm excited about going. So, yeah.
0: Well, we're definitely going to run into each other later this year at some convention. If not, I'll see you definitely at Portland and your glorious NES set. And we're going to talk about I'm not going to hold you over a barrel for the last game's uh, boxes you need, but we'll work something out maybe. We'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah that would be cool. All right. And we. everyone can find you where on Twitter and on YouTube?
1: Look up the Immortal John Hancock. And so the link's sw 11 on Twitter. And so that's how you find me
0: all right john we'll we'll talk again sometime hopefully not 10 months we'll we'll have you back on always a pleasure
1: always a pleasure pat
0: do me a favor check out sponsor dollar shave club right now you can go to dollarshaveclub.com slash pat you can check out the executive razor for only one dollar with free shipping one dollar you get a six blade razor right here six blades on that bad boy you get four replaceable cartridges for the uh, razor. There's also the Humble Twin on there, and they have other razors available, plus they have all your needs. They have uh, for, for the bathroom, and they got uh, one-wipe Charlies. They got shampoos. They got conditioners. They got stuff for your beer. They got the butters. They got everything. But for only $1, no commitment. Cancel any time. Free shipping. You get the executive razor. I've used it. It's good for travel as well with four cartridges. Again, dollarshaveclubcom slash pack. Check it out. And that's it for this edition of the not so Common Podcast. Please subscribe on YouTube or your podcast platform of choice. Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you listen to podcasts, please like, thumbs up the podcast. Leave a comment: what you enjoy, what you didn't, what you did enjoy. Hey, I can take it. Finally, if you want to support me and my endeavors here in the YouTube and podcast Radio Land, check out Patreon.com/slash PatContry. I appreciate it. Thanks. We'll see you next time.